0: Welcome back. This is part two of our conversation with ESPN commentator Jay Billis. Last week we dove deep into the March Madness tournament. This week we'll hear more about Jay's thoughts on parenting and the best advice he ever got from Coach K. This is Three Things with Rick Elias. So it's our great privilege to have Jay Billis with us today. Jay, welcome to our Three Things podcast. Thank you for being here. You went to law school. I did. Uh, Why? And has that helped you in your current profession?
1: I the 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 latter question it has been extraordinarily helpful in everything I've done. Uh, Why is my my father uh, convinced me that it was the right thing for me to do? You know, my dad uh, uh, he grew up in Los Angeles in San Pedro, uh, although he didn't speak English till he went to uh, went to school. Uh, He's from Yugoslav descent, uh, Croatian, and so he was a commercial fisherman growing up, and then and then you know. Didn't have the chance to go to college and he got into the technical business and he was a TV repairman. So he had his own TV sales shop back when, you know, back when we were kids, TVs had tubes in them and they were furniture and, you know, people would come to the house. My dad was the guy that he would come to the house and if he could fix your TV there, he would. Otherwise, he'd take it back to the shop and fix it. Now your TV breaks, you throw it away. And they were expensive back in the day. Uh, so he did that, and, uh, and he always would tell me when I was growing up. I, he used to have me come to work with him every once in a while uh, so that I, I learned what it was like to work standing up. And he, he always used to say, you know, you need to get a job where you get to work sitting down. And, uh, and said a law degree is the best degree to have. Uh, you don't have to be a lawyer, but you're all, you'll always be able to handle your own affairs, and nobody will ever be able to snow you. And uh, and if things if you decide you want to do something else and things get rough, you can always hang a shingle out and make a good living. And I always remember that. Uh, and then I had some other people who who echoed that and said it's a it's an education. It's a different kind of thinking. And uh, and you'll never regret it type of deal. And, and but I was I was drawn to you don't have to be a lawyer. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, that really made that I liked hearing that because I didn't want to be a lawyer. Uh, right. I wanted to have the law degree, but I didn't want to be a lawyer. So what advice are you giving your son who's graduating college this year? My advice has always been sort of deep background stuff of, of look, we're, I'm here to answer whatever question you have. I will tell you what I think, uh, you know, as he got older and, and had a mind of his own. But you got to be happy with whatever you want to do. Like, I, I've, I've been really, really lucky that I feel like I haven't really worked. I, I, when I was practicing law, that was work. Um, everything I've done in, in basketball hasn't been work. Every time I wake up in the morning, I go, God, I can't believe I get to do this. And uh, the only part of my job that's work is the amount of travel. And that's, that's it. You know, carrying my toiletries in a plastic bag and running around, you know, uh, in airports all the time. That's I the think only. you
0: deserve private.
1: I do too, but, uh, <laughs> but my wallet doesn't really <laughs> measure up to it. But, but we have, you know, when you, you, you know how it is. Like when you're dealing with a kid, uh, you want the best for your kid. But at the same time, um, when he went to college, I told him, I don't know what's best for you. I just know what I think. And you're the one that has to be happy with this. He was a, like my son was a good high school player, but he wasn't quite Division One, you know, sort of uh, rotation guy. So I said, you know, if you want to play Division Two, if you want to play and, and get in the game all the time and be a, be a, be a player, you're going to have to go Division two if you want to play Division One, you're probably gonna be a walk-on and you're gonna spend most of the game sitting down. And, but, it, but it's a great, you know, you, you're the only one that knows whether that's gonna be fulfilling or not. And, uh, and so we've kind of done that with him and uh, he wants to stay in basketball right now. And so I could sit there and say, hey, you need to go get a graduate degree, you need to go do this. Uh, I don't think he needs to do anything. Um, I think, this is my perspective and it may be wrong, but my thing is go after what you want when you're young and you have no obligations. And, and if you fall down, if it doesn't work out, you can pivot a lot easier. If you go seven, eight, nine years down the road, you got a, you got a wife and a, a kid and a car and, a, you know, all these payments. Then all of a sudden have to is part of your vocabulary. You know, like right now, there's no have to. And, and so... My thing was, you know, work hard enough. I always used to tell him, work hard enough in school so that someday, you know, your life is going to be want to. Because if you don't do what you're supposed to do now, like you have have to in your life now, like when he's in high school. This is all have to. But if you do the have to stuff right now, at some point, your life it will be about want to. If you don't do the have to stuff now, the rest of your life is going to be have to. And uh, like, I have to do this. I have to make money. I have to do. You, you're not going to be able to make choices you want to make because you're you're going to have to do something else. And uh, I, I I don't know if this is the right thing, but I, that's the one thing I. So I've no law of, school for him, huh? He doesn't. He's not interested in that. Yeah. He may pivot. You know, and decide it 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 may be down the road. That's Send be- them to Ventures. Yeah, okay. Hey, I would love to. I just want to. I just don't want them sitting at home. Uh, my wife just, uh, who you know, Wendy just, uh, she just put a pool in the backyard right. in our house. You haven't and, told him about it yet. Oh, he knows. Yeah, they—they they, <laughs> both our kids know. And she was saying she wants to attract the kids back, yeah, you know, as they get yeah. married and have their own kids. And I was like, you probably should have waited a little bit longer. If I had seen that when I was 22, <laughs> I would not have gotten a job for like four years. I would have been sitting by the pool drinking beer for like you know until I was 26, and my parents kicked me out.
0: Right. You know, I I uh, I have a 17 year old, so my version of uh, of of your of your teaching is you know, short term pain equals long term pleasure. Yeah, and you know. Unfortunately for this generation, a lot of it is short-term pleasure ultimately equals long-term pain. Right? Yeah, so. and, and, and I, I agree,
1: but a lot of it, like I always see, and I, I don't mean to get into this generational stuff, but uh, you know, my dad never pushed me into anything. He never once, never did he expect me to play ball and all that. His thing, his thing was, you know, uh, do your homework and uh, do, do your best and behave yourself. And whatever, if you want to play baseball, play You want to play basketball, that's fine. We'll, we'll, you know, th- whatever you want to do. Um, but if you're going to do it, do it right, and then uh, and then put put your everything into it. And he's the first one that told me. Coach K uh, uh, cemented this into me. My dad was the first one that told me, you know, it's okay for you to to go throw everything into basketball while you're playing. Like you know, he saw me distracted. Because I had a bunch of tests or something, maybe a girlfriend or it was bothering me, whatever it was, and. And he said, You know, it's okay for you to throw everything into it. Like, you shouldn't think about basketball when you're in class, right. but you shouldn't. What good does it do for you to think about, you know, some paper you got when you're playing? You can't do anything about it. So worrying doesn't do you any good. So when the game's over, do the paper and don't think about the game. It's not, you know, he's like, It's not that
0: hard. Stay present. Yeah. Like, yeah. And,
1: and that's basically what he was saying right. is, you know, the stuff now that stay in the moment, be where your feet are, all that. But but my dad used to take this, this tack of what the hell good does that do you? Like why would you think about that, you know? And his thing would be, look, when you go when you go to the movies with your girlfriend, watch the damn movie. Like, what are you going to think about? Think about what you have to do tomorrow. That doesn't do you any good.
0: I think he meant stop making out. That that too, that too. Because <laughs> uh, I was getting the
1: Heisman doing that too. Probably, watch the movie. You got no shot anyway. Um, but but you know he was really good at that of telling me, right. um, like, well, you. He used to say, concentrate on what you're doing while you're doing it. Great. And uh, and it was uh, that was very impactful. And then Coach K took it to the next
0: level. Tell me the one lesson from Coach K that is not evident to others that you carry with you every day. Uh, probably next play.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. He he had this thing. He would always say next play. You know, and sometimes would would add other things onto it. But just sort of this <laughs> idea that that when you and it sounds so like so positive, and it, and it is. It's a it's just a trigger to. Don't carry what just happened with you into the next play. That if you if you did something great, don't sit there and celebrate and think about how great it was. Move on to the next play right away because you are taking yourself out of making the next play. And uh, and don't you know if you make a mistake, uh, you'll hear about it from me later. We can deal with it later. You can't dwell on it. Move on and move on right away. Next play. And so he used to say that all the time to the point where. Um, I say it to myself, I probably say it, I don't say it out loud uh, anymore, I used to, um, but I probably say it seven, eight times a day uh, where something happens, I go, all right, next play. You know, like uh, uh, the other day, uh, somebody somebody cracked my car in a parking lot, and uh, and so I, I was like, all right, next play. You probably know, like, a UNC fan. Could, could be, could be, <laughs> although they like me though, I, I was responsible for more Carolina wins over Duke than Michael Jordan was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but they you know the next play thing was great with the kids they they would make a mistake or spill something it's, next play let's go don't yeah, worry about it bit. and you know try to get you that, that was the one of the the most
0: impactful things That's that great. that and being organized how uh, how has he changed uh, not as a O's, but as a leader from when you play for him to now uh, he is uh, more of a global thinker. Um, and
1: and he's always been good at seeing how the pieces fit together. Uh, and I don't I don't know if he'd agree with this, but when I felt like when I was playing for him in the first year, maybe two years, when something would go wrong and a lot went wrong uh, because we were so young, uh, you could almost see the wheels turning in his head. What would Bob Knight do? Hmm. And and I think when I was playing for him, uh, he kind of found, you know, sort of I- I- at least at that level, found all right. What I his own voice, yeah, his own voice, yeah. No, what I what I feel and what I think is right. Interesting, and uh, and basically trusted himself that he knew his team better than anybody else, Um, because you know we're all we're all I think we're all uh, subject to our first thought being how we were trained, and uh, and that's why I was lucky as a lawyer I was trained by different people I had different mentors so I didn't work for one person all the time so I got to see how different personalities attacked practical problems and. Uh, and then it was able to tailor tailor the way I acted to my own personality, my own style uh, of, of thinking. Um, and that was really valuable. Um, but e- even you know, having been trained by Coach K in basketball, I looked at the game a certain way my first few years as a basketball commentator. And then being led into so many practices and meetings and things by other coaches, you start saying, man, that's a good way to do things. And, and you start seeing there, there are other ways to do this and do it right. That Coach K's way is great. It's fantastic for him, but it may not be the best thing for me. It may not be the best thing for Johnny Dawkins, and and so I've I've probably learned I learned more about the game from Coach K than anybody, but but I've added to it with all these different perspectives I've gained from other coaches, and right. and even Johnny Dawkins, Tommy Amaker, they don't play like Coach K plays. Yeah. They, they do it differently right. uh, because they have to. Uh, they don't they don't have the same players, right. and uh, so right. it's a,
0: it's a different deal. You are one of the most respected analysts in the game, and in my opinion, you're the best, right? And I'm not telling you that because you're my friend. It's because, you know, I think you're the best. How do you get better when you're the best at something? Well, first, thank you for saying that. Um,
1: That means a lot to me. Uh, I'm very self-critical. I watch a lot of tape of of games that I do and try to assess that, uh, am I letting the game breathe? Did I say the right thing? Like, I feel my job is to say the right thing at the right time in the right tone uh I I feel pretty comfortable that I can get the first two parts of that right pretty often. Um it's the last one in the right tone that sometimes get it can become a problem. And I've gotten better at it over the years. Um but I, I, I I'm very self critical and I'm always interested in hearing what other people think. And I have been I've had this this way of looking at things over the years where Criticism doesn't bother me. Um, I'm not. Look, I'm not walking around saying, "Hey, criticize me." I'd love to be criticized right now. <laughs> but, but uh, I've always felt like if if I can accept praise, then I'd better be just as quick to accept criticism. And so, what I do with criticism, whether I get it on, you know, over social media or whatever, it, it press or or people like people in the game may call and say, "Hey, well, you know, why did you say that? Or what what what, what did you see that made you say this?" Um. Uh, I've, I've always felt like, is the criticism, first, is it right? Because if it's right, I have to deal with it. And second, if, is it reasonable? If it's reasonable, I listen to it. Now, if it's unreasonable, I dismiss it right away. And I don't mess with unreasonable. And that, that, that's made my life a lot easier. If you, can, if you can push the unreasonable stuff to the side and say, well, I can't reason with unreasonable, so I'm not going to worry about that, um,
0: life gets a lot easier. And that's been really helpful. You know, we talk a lot at Red Ventures about uh, coachability, and we we love ex athletes or you know musicians or whatever because their whole life they've been coached and for them is someone trying to make them better. We talk about A students that are perfect and they come in and they get coached and it's criticism and you're like you know give me an athlete because you, you 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 understand that we're just trying to make you better so that the team gets better.
1: Yeah, and and when you when you have something coming your way, if somebody. Because outside of athletics, it's not easy for people to confront you with with something that may not be right uh, that that you may be doing or, or omitting to do. Um, and so I think when you're open to that, you're going to have more people that are going to tell you the truth. And uh, And it's hard. Truth is not easy. It's not easy to find. And and for some people, it's not easy to accept. Um, but if you're willing to, to accept, if you're willing to accept it, uh, better is, is your destination. And, uh, you know, look, I, I'm, I probably got a ceiling. We've all, we, we probably all have a ceiling as to how good we can be in any given endeavor. I certainly had a ceiling as an athlete. Um, but I've been learning about the game, about the changing nature of broadcasting, um, about what, and, and I, I frankly, think about well wait a minute what are my complaints about when i sit and watch a game and i'm listening to one of my colleagues you know i do the same thing that everybody else does somebody says something i don't agree with what is that guy talking about and then i move on to the next thing so you have this one fleeting little i don't agree with that you move on and i and then i can't remember it 10 minutes later um so if you're gonna get upset about things uh, you're gonna you're gonna go nuts but I, i i oftentimes will think about well wait a minute what do I think about other people? And am I doing that? Right. Like, like you know, it's easy to sit and say what you think about somebody else. Um, but, but are you self-critical enough to say, hey, man, am I doing the things that I think when I hear it from somebody else aren't right or aren't the best thing to do? And so I'm constantly thinking about that. Um, but at the same time, I don't, I try not to, I try, not, I try not to make the games and my performance in the games uh, a big deal. I, I hope that, that comes across the right way. Like, I, I don't leave a game. I'm hopeful that I didn't get in the way of a good game. And I'll give you an example. Like, I don't want the game to be a clinic. Um, I can go to a clinic. and Like, I, I teach a clinic sometimes. That's fine. A bunch of coaches are sitting there. We can X and O the game to death. I don't need to do that to the people sitting at home that just want to enjoy a good game. I don't want to get in the way... So if I can illuminate something that may increase their enjoyment level, great. Um, if but I don't want to talk over anybody, and I, don't, I certainly don't want to talk down to anybody, and I don't want to get in the way, and uh, and I certainly don't want to get in the way of my colleagues that that have an important job to do. Norm, you know, and mostly the play-by-play person. Um, I did a game years ago uh, with Bill Rafter and Sean McDonough, uh, Syracuse and UConn. It was a six-overtime game in Madison Square Garden in the Big East tournament. So we did that game, and as soon as the game was over, uh, Bill Raftery and I talked briefly about, "Oh my God, what you know, what a game!" And w- we kind of looked at each other and said, "We didn't get in Sean's way one time." Like, wow. it, 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 I take great pride in this. If you ever see a highlight in SportsCenter of somebody doing something great, right, you should never hear my voice. Ever, that's the play-by-play person's job. So you should hear. De- Dan Schulman saying Zion Williamson, you know, or whatever it is, right. or or when Sean McDonough when when shot goes in, he says overtime number six. <laughs> you don't need me going. Oh my God! What a great play! Uh, you know, we can analyze that stuff later. Let let the let the play by play person paint the picture for everyone and punctuate the moment, and then my job is to stay out of the way. And so I think if I can do that, uh, I'm I'm doing a a much better job.
0: Jay. So much fun talking yeah, hoops thank with you, you, thank dude. you for having Yeah, me. this is awesome. Thank you. You're a great man. Awesome for me, right. you are too. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Jay. I had a great time hanging out with you. You get a feeling with Jay that no matter what he does in life, he will be world-class at it. He was at it basketball, as a lawyer, and now as an analyst. The first thing I learned is if you take care of the things you have to do early on, you earn the ability to do the things you want to later on. Discipline, sacrifice come to mind when you think about this. Number two, when you have a chance to take a swing at the champ, you take it. Win or lose, it doesn't matter. All that matters is that you step up to the plate. And number three is the next play concept, which is all about staying present and in the moment. Don't let success or failure distract you or define you, not just in sports, but at work and even at home. Thank you, Jay, that was awesome. If you're enjoying the Three Things podcast, let us know. Be sure to rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to check out additional content, videos, and more at our blog, threethings.redventures.com.